people told me I couldn't do a lot of things. I feel like I'm the chosen one. Look at this. We created this. This didn't exist before we were here. All we are is proud and passionate. I love Toronto. I love this team. And we're going to the Nothing matters but winning. Welcome back to episode 83 of Rapsville Weekly. I'm your co-host, Gabriel Chelio, alongside... Adam Kasucci. And today we have a very special episode for you guys because we do have a special guest. He will be coming in in the second half of this episode. It is one of the followers of our Instagram page, at Rapsville. Quickly go follow that. Uh, and if you guys want to be on the show as a special guest, this is our guest season. All you got to do is DM us on Instagram, at Rapsville. Uh, also, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and leave your comments down below. So the second half will be that. The first half right now is going to be about the playing tournaments, our predictions, and then predictions of the first round of the playoffs. So starting with the Eastern Conference of the playing tournaments, I was very wrong with my prediction. Okay, I said Charlotte to beat Indiana, Washington to beat Boston, and then Boston to beat Charlotte. Right off the bat, Indiana absolutely destroyed Charlotte just smoked them from the beginning of the game. Really, the first quarter was forty to twenty-four, and they were, Indiana was off to the races. Um, Adam, this one was a blowout, pretty much, right? Yep, Indiana played a great game. Uh, hit their three, shot forty-six percent from them. Uh, hit sixteen of them, and uh, yeah, I thought that Indiana played a great game. They they played a lot to the inside with Sabonis, and he really distributed the ball well with nine assists, rebounded it well, had twenty-one rebounds. He also had help from the rest of his team. Another seven guys got got double figures, so basically the, the rest of the rotation. So he really had a lot of help there. And uh, Brogdon was injured, didn't play uh, too much, only played 21 minutes. And another mention I, I wanted to, to make was uh, O'Shea Brissett, 10 for 14, 23 points, former Raptor. I thought he played great. And uh, once again, proving Masai wrong uh, for waving him. And then on the Charlotte side, I thought they were very inexperienced, uh, didn't play... Uh, their basketball they played during the season, Gabe, I remember you, you saying that they're a very fun, energetic team that likes to play with pace. They showed none of that today. They were very slow, sloppy, turning over the ball. Uh, LaMelo ball wasn't really an impact in this game. Uh, Bridges uh, played decent and Cody Zeller. Um, but other than, than them too, uh, there wasn't much impact from the Charlotte team. And, uh, and sadly, they're gone from the, the playoffs this season. Polar opposite performances. Like Charlotte couldn't really shoot a basketball this game, just shot horribly. Ended up 30% from three. Um, meanwhile, Indiana was just shooting lights out. A lot of great performances from them. A lot of chance for their team to shine. No one stressed out on minutes too much. A good opportunity to rest their players and get ready for the next game. Obviously, uh, they were without Karis Levert, who had to stay out due to health and safety protocols. Um, so they're already losing one of their top guys, but yet they still played fantastic basketball, uh, d- played much better than they did against us, and you know, definitely proved me wrong. But Adam did predict Indiana to beat Charlotte, so he did a good job there. But then the next game, we both had Washington to beat Boston because we've seen the force that Washington can be. Uh, Russell Westbrook, we've seen like how he likes to step it up to verse, you know, tough opponents, and especially opportunity to verse Kevin Durant. For some reason, he loves that matchup. So that I felt like it could have been the right thing. But the only thing that we thought, you know, could change the tide is if Tatum just had an absolute crazy performance and that he did. He had 50 points, 50 points, 50 points, shot 17 for 17 from the free throw line. Perfect. Five threes on the night. He had eight rebounds, four assists. 
Just an all-around spectacular performance from Jason Tatum, and I think that pretty much sums up the night, but also Kemba Walker, 29-7-2, helping him out. Yep, I thought another big factor in this game was uh, Robert Williams did get injured as well, so they had no center Boston, and they really struggled at that position, and Tristan Thompson uh, did a great job of filling in, uh, securing another double-double, 12-12. and And yeah, I thought Walker played his part in the second half, as well as Tatum really stepped it up. And the Wizards just didn't have an answer. Beal was having an average game um, to his standards. And uh, Westbrook shot 6 for 18 and a very disappointing night. And uh, like we see, like we're going to talk about next, um, Russell Westbrook did walk out of, the, out of, the, out of the, the arena really pissed off. And he was in pain. And a lot of social media accounts were posting it. And I really feel that he would have, he would have a huge game coming up in this next playing game. And uh, he quite did. But Washington did get the last laugh here. They came out on top against Indiana Pacers. So we were correct with Washington and Boston going through just the wrong order, wrong sequence. Um, but Washington kind of gave Indiana a taste of their own medicine uh, from their game against Charlotte. They blew them out completely, 142 to 115. And after the first quarter, it was extreme domination from the Washington Wizards. And Russell Westbrook obviously telling his team in the second half, we're going to make the playoffs. Uh, like he said it in stone, we're making the playoffs. And their whole team kind of stepped up, came together, and put up some pretty good performances. They got five guys in double digits and uh, clearly overpowered the Indiana Pacers. Now moving on to the west side here, we did call it Memphis bet the San Antonio Spurs. It was obviously a close game. We kind of figured it would be close, but Memphis did come out on top. Um, JV, there was no answer for him tonight. He had 23-23. and 23. I believe he had a 20-20 night before the fourth quarter even started. But that plus Brooks is 24, 7, and 3. John Morant's 26 and 6. Those three guys carried the game. It was a low scoring, but they did come out on top after a very solid first quarter. I thought it was written in stone what was going to happen, but San Antonio did go, go right back and give them a 30 to 18 quarter in the second quarter. And then they kind of battled their way through, but Memphis made it through. We called it correctly, and that brought them to their next game. And the Lakers ended up beating Golden State. Uh, we also predicted that, and that means that Golden State was able to verse Memphis. But first, you know, I think Memphis San Antonio was kind of a, it was a good game. But let's, I think the real focus here is the Warriors versus the Lakers. We want to talk about that, right, Adam? Yep, uh, it was a great game. Uh, I also had money on this game, so uh, I was cheering for the Lakers. Um, but yeah, I thought uh, the Lakers started off really poorly. Uh, Stephen Curry had a great game. Um, Crusoe seemed like the only guy who could guard Steph. Uh, to start the game, I thought, and uh, no one could really contain him. Draymond was having success with his famous play, the handoff. Steph feeds it to Draymond, Draymond back to Steph, and he would shoot, and everything was going in. And uh, after a while, the Lakers kind of really kind of uh, intensely focused on that double team, really started to get under Curry's skin, uh, tried to trap him in a lot of situations. Curry uh, did well on, uh, on most of the plays, but turned it over on some, and that was quite crucial. But he did make the pass. Uh, usually to Draymond Green uh, out of the double. And Draymond Green and his teammates uh, didn't make the right decision. I mean, once again, and uh, the, Go- the Golden State Warriors did get eliminated in their next game. But talking about this one, uh, once again, Draymond has to be better if he wants to consider consider himself that all-star presence uh, to be making plays. I know he's a great passer, but he just didn't make the plays in order for them to win. I felt LeBron... Uh, came on in the second half uh, a lot, I think, and Davis had a strong second half, and I think Draymond kind of uh, lost his energy and intensity uh, when guarding Davis. 
So uh, I thought that those were guys that really made an impact on this game. And then Gabe, if you want to mention the, the late uh, game LeBron scenario there. Yeah, LeBron put up had a great game, you know, nice triple-double. Uh, and then even Davis, a strong double-double, 25-12. and 12. And if you look at Golden State, it was really just Curry, 37.7 boards. Draymond didn't even put up a, a field goal. He only had two free throws in the night. He need, Curry needed support there, man. Like, uh, you know, Wiggins put up 21. But besides that, no one helps him out enough for what they do. It really looks like a one-man show when Curry's really got to run. And the Lakers did a good job of making him work, forcing doubles and letting anyone uh, not named Steph Curry shoot the basketball. And it actually worked in their favor. Um, it really tired him out. They invited the drive, and Curry couldn't do much off it. So he ended up just passing out of a lot of the double teams, and their teammates couldn't score. But going into the late game, LeBron James uh, you know, had the basketball, fed it into Contavious Caldwell-Pope kind of in the post, shot clock running down, uh, and the actual game clock about under a minute. And with four seconds left, three, Contavious Caldwell-Pope passes it back to LeBron James, who's kind of at the hash marks area, with Steph Curry sagging off from steps around the three-point line, and there's a little bit of space. Obviously, LeBron, not, not a fantastic three-point shooter, but definitely is clutch, and here he proved it. The pass came back to him, shot clock winding down. He took a shot, kind of leaning backwards, um, chucking it up, Steph Curry coming out to contest. Also, LeBron claimed that his uh, vision was blurry because uh, he got poked in the eye previously, but it was a really tough shot, and LeBron hit it, a huge dagger, put the Lakers up by three, and then the clock kind of killed from there, and Curry wasn't able to catch an inbound pass in order to try making a game-tying shot. But it was an incredible shot, incredible game, um, very fun to watch as a fan. I think that's the best way to describe it. Yep, it was a, a very fun game. And how about Drummond Gabe? What did you see with him? I was very, very disappointed, uh, yep. being probably the third-best player in the Lakers, if you want to go by paper statistics. And he just didn't come out to play. Uh, four points, seven boards. I thought this would be a game for him. Uh, having uh, Kevon Looney, a, a very skinnier center, um, less weight, uh, has height, uh, height advantage on him, and he just didn't come to play. Yeah, the the big men lineups uh, seems like they're not going. I guess you know Golden State, they are missing some of their big men, but they the other teams matching up against them haven't gone too big. And yeah, Drummond, we we've kind of said it a little bit about him. You know, we wanted him on our team to fill up that big man role because of his size, ability to rebound the basketball. But him scoring and his basketball IQ at times is not the best. And clearly, when it comes to such a crucial game, there's not room for much mistakes, especially with a fast, energetic team like Golden State, who has Curry running around and other players doing handoffs and cuts to try getting easy buckets off of Curry's motions. There's not much opportunity for a a slower big man in there. All right, that brings us to the final game. We had Golden State going against Memphis, and this is where we were wrong because Memphis took this game 117-112 to in overtime. At first, it was looking like a uh, possible blowout. Memphis had a hefty lead. Golden State started bringing it back um, based off Steph Curry alone. Obviously, another huge night from Curry at 39 points, uh, five assists, three steals. Fantastic from him. Wiggins contributed with 22-10, and 10, and Draymond Green 11-16-10, a little triple-double. Put up some buckets, including a uh, somewhat of a clutch three later in the game. But once again, Curry looked like he did it all by himself, kind of willing his team back. Uh, it was definitely close, but... It wasn't enough. It really felt like he was trying really hard, and you had Dylan Brooks playing insane defense on him, sweating buckets, trying to keep up and playing tight, not letting him move. They were trying the same thing of double-teaming and letting other players in the Warriors shoot, and no one could 
do it for them. John Moran had a spectacular performance, 35-6-6, and and especially in overtime, helped carry his team into the playoffs. So obviously, congratulations to them. Yep. Uh, when talking about Golden State, I'll start with them. Uh, Jordan Poole, I thought, uh, didn't have a great game. Uh, made some costly plays at the end and then kind of earned his respect back with a deep three, uh, kind of making it a game at the end, but then obviously still lost with free throws. Um, Wiggins didn't help at all, even though she got 22, shot two, uh, 10 for 22. Um, I didn't think he, he made the impact that he, sh- he should have been making uh, for the player he is on paper. It was really all Steph Curry, like you said, Gabe. And on the Memphis side, John Morant really is a great player. And this guy has to be respected. He just knocked out Steph Curry out of the NBA playoffs. He needs to be respected and uh, and given a chance now. Uh, Dylan Brooks, I thought, played great defense on Curry. Uh, a great, uh, great job by the Memphis coaching staff to make that adjustment, putting Brooks on Curry. Kind of a bigger defender, um, moves his feet very quick for a guy his size. I thought that was a great matchup for Curry. And also Grayson Allen, I thought, played amazing. Um, he had two big threes in the overtime, which were very clutch, and I th- thought that secured the, the win for Memphis. Yep, Grayson Allen was a good call out there. He did pull, come up really big right at the end, obviously making the some of his buckets when they mattered most, so shout out to him. Uh, I want to touch upon this topic really quickly here, Adam. Uh, LeBron James was spotted at a party uh, with Drake. You know, Some photos were posted. Also, actor Michael B. Jordan, their agent, Rich Paul, uh, singer Givian, a couple people. Um, and this was right before the Golden State game. And you know, social media posted it, and people brought up, like, isn't he like not allowed to go out and stuff? Uh, people at the party claimed that they were fully vaccinated, most people, including LeBron James, and everyone was tested. However, this still kind of breaks the NBA's protocols with going, going out. This was before the play-in, and someone must have saw it in, like, the commission, the league, but no one said anything. Only about now and yesterday... Has there really been a talk? Obviously, LeBron was able to help his team beat Golden State, which was important for them. But now people are saying, was he, shouldn't he like not have been allowed to play that game? And now when it's come up and people are saying this definitely breaks the protocols, uh, it has come out that he's not going to be suspended for it. I think maybe just fine. So what are your thoughts on that, Adam? Do you think it's fair considering that other players that are in contact were forced? Oh, look, many players that went out were forced to be in quarantine and follow the protocol restrictions. You know, Karis LeVert. Uh, Ke- uh, Kevin Porter Jr., um, like stuff like that. Yeah, it doesn't matter on your popularity. Everyone has to follow by the rules and kind of listen to them and all the protocols there. Yeah, LeBron James, even if he's the best player in the world right now, he still has to go by the rules. If Karis LeVert, like you just said, Gabe, is is sitting out and uh, and he's a he's a star in his own right, uh, why is LeBron LeBron James being able to play? It kind of makes no sense. And uh, I think it's just it's just being uh, made like that because because of his popularity and because what are the Lakers going to do without LeBron James in the playoffs? And the and the Lakers would have a really big excuse on if they did lose that the league didn't let, uh, let LeBron play. So that's why I think that the league kind of did that and let him play. And he also had a minute restriction um, in the Golden State game of 30 minutes because uh, he did have an injury prior. And they let him play over. I think it was like 36 minutes. I know a lot of people are going to say, okay, an extra six minutes, what's that going to do? The game was on the line. But, like, why have these minute restrictions if you're not going to go by them? And I think, like, it really hurt Golden State in the end because LeBron did, obviously, uh, play amazing in the last five minutes. So it really uh, turned out crucial for them. We're a little tough on time, Adam. So I'm going to maybe let you rapid fire here. Give me who you think is coming out of uh, each series. So Philadelphia versus Washington, who do you have? 
Philadelphia, Washington, I have Philly. Okay, Brooklyn, Boston. Brooklyn. Okay, Milwaukee, Miami. Milwaukee. Knicks and Hawks. Knicks. All right, uh, Utah, Memphis. Utah. Phoenix, Lakers. Lakers. Denver, Portland. Portland. Clippers, Mavs. Clippers. All right. Uh, we can, we'll go into more detail maybe next episode if we're going to give our predictions here. I'm going to quickly say I got Philly. I got Brooklyn. I have the Heat. I have the Hawks. I have Utah. I got this one's tough. I'm going to give it to Phoenix. I'm supporting Phoenix, uh, this series for CP3. I'm going to go, uh, Portland and I'm going to go Clippers. We'll give you guys maybe some ex- explanations next week and we'll see what happens if any of the series go by fast. All right, everybody, welcome back to this new segment that we have. This is our first episode with a special guest, one of the followers of our Instagram page, and we talked about it at the beginning of the episode, um, but we're going to jump right into it here. We have Ashen coming on, and he's going to answer some of our questions here. Uh, do you want to say hello? Uh, hello, how's it going, guys? Pleasure to be on your podcast, and I'm hoping to have a good time. Yeah, we are as well. Uh, we're glad to have you here. Glad to be our, our first guest and hopefully we can have some more of you guys. Um, you know, let's just jump right into these questions here. So the first one that I have for you is who has been your favorite player out of the Raptors? Obviously, who's been your favorite player to watch this season? You know, that question can go like in different ways, right? Cause, cause you know, uh, this season, uh, players have been like in and out of the rotation sometimes because, you know, due to, um, health and safety, but, um, when I'm watching, um, the game, the, sorry, the player I enjoyed the most, I would say probably is, um, Fred Van Vliet. Okay. I, I really like that response. He's actually my favorite player too, as well. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Do you like, do you like his shooting? Like, what do you like most about him? His playmaking, his defense? What do you think is like the most, that your favorite attribute about him? Well, what I like about him the most is, uh, how he plays the game with so much heart and so much okay. intensity. Okay. Love that. Good response there. All right. Um, which player on our team do you see the most potential in? We got a, a young core, guys. Obviously, we're unsure what's going to happen with some of the veterans of the team, but we do have a young core that we're looking forward to, plus some new additions, guys coming from the G League, some rookies. So what player do you think has the most potential right now? You know, before the end of the season, uh, OG and Anobi, you know, he went on that, he went on that quite a long stretch of where he was scoring like 20 points a game. Like he was contributing a lot on offense and defense at the same time. So, um, my answer to this question is going to be OG Ananobi. I see a lot of potential in him. He has a very bright future ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Do you think he could also be an all-star player coming up in the future? Well, I, I would say like, you know, um, if he continues on this trajectory that he is right now and like continues on improving on his offensive game, that if he takes a little bit more of a higher step, I definitely see him become an all-star in the future. Okay, good, great answer. Yeah, I think, honestly, uh, OG, he's a solid player. He's been playing great basketball this season, especially near the end. I think he's got a lot of potential in him. we got, obviously, younger pieces than him, but what I've seen so far this season, it's been a big step from last year. And like you said, I think if he follows his trajectory, he can hit some pretty high marks, uh, being able to score the basketball even better. And we know his defense is already uh, top-notch. So I'm liking what I see from him as well. Okay. Next question. Who has been your favorite addition to the team this season? My favorite addition this season, I would say Kem Birch. I say Kem Birch, um, and, and I wish um, 
we made that addition like a little bit more earlier into the season to um, you know resolve the problem with the bigs. But you saw the impact that Kem Birch got immediately. He you know he was filling in that void that um, Baines was struggling in earlier on in the season. He, he was um, you know crashing the glass, getting all the rebounds. He was playing great defense. So I, I like the addition of Kem Birch the most. Yeah, I really like this answer that you said, Ken Birch, is because a lot of play, a lot of people will say Gary Trent uh, Jr., uh, obviously coming in from Portland, obviously in the Norman Powell trade, kind of the highlight really of the season. But Ken Birch has kind of been very underrated here. He's played well ever since he's come, uh, getting a couple double-doubles, uh, expanding his game in, the, in Toronto's offense. So I really do like Ken Birch, and I think he was the most, most important addition as well to the team this season. I, I was going to say that um, Gary was actually the guy who I had in mind, but, you know, I um, I chose Kem because he had a bigger impact, I felt. Yeah, I think that's a solid take. I think that's that, that can be backed easily. He's been fantastic in coming here, uh, definitely filling a void, and we talked about it a bit in the previous episodes, his ability to obviously rebound, even help us score a bit. Um, he's got a better handle and better playmaking ability than Baines, more mobile and athletic. I think he brings a lot to the table. So I like that answer. All right. Um, do you have, what's your prediction here for who will win this year's championship? Uh, obviously now today is day one of the actual playoffs. Um, do you have a team you're supporting or a team you think will win? Well, I, I, I think um, the team I'm supporting for this year's playoff run is going to most likely be the Lakers. You know, they're a very fun team to watch, you know, defending champions. So, yep. you know, you want to see if they can go back to back. Um, you know, first of all, they weren't even supposed to be in the position they are as of now, if it weren't for injuries. But, you know, the Lakers are the team I want to see win the championship this season. It's going to be fun to watch. Okay. I'm going to, look, I'm going to sidetrack you here a bit. Uh, who do you think's the goal? LeBron or Jordan? <laughs> oh, uh, that's easy. Jordan. Without, without question, Jordan. Okay. And, okay. uh, are you a LeBron fan yourself? Are you like, uh, Big fan of LeBron fan? Well, um, I, yeah, I am a LeBron fan. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not hating on his game or, um, trying to bring him down or anything, but, you know, I, I love LeBron. I watched him, um, ever since I started watching basketball, actually. Um, he's a superstar if I've enjoyed any day of the week just watching. I, I choose Jordan over, um, LeBron because I feel like Jordan had a bigger impact on the game, but, you know, I, I still like LeBron. He, he's up there. He's uh, he's actually number two on my all-time list. Yep. No, that's fair. That's fair. All right. So next question here. Do you think Kyle Lowry will stay in the offseason? Um, will he re-sign with the Toronto Raptors? Is it going to be a sign-in trade, or is he just going to go to another team? What are your thoughts? My answer to this question is that it can go in two different ways because of how um, you've seen what's going on was that final stretch at the end of the season, right? Because um, the last game Kyle played, if I was pretty sure, it was against the Lakers where he had the season high. So after that, he hasn't played in a couple of games. And then after you've seen that stretch of games where he didn't play, um, the immediate thought that came into mind is probably thinking that, um, you know, uh, management will probably wants to trade Kyle Lowry and, you know, trade Kyle Lowry after um, having the best performance of the season. But, you know, at the same time, I do think that since, in my opinion, he's the greatest Raptor of all time. And, you know, 
if you want to keep your greatest player in franchise history, you probably most likely will um, make sure that he retires with the team. So I'm, I'm saying that this question can be answered in two, two different ways as you, if you look at it. Yeah, I think, honestly, you could cover kind of both points there. When I think about this topic, I think, you know, that game could be like a showcase to still prove his trade value with that 37 season high. And then there's also the stuff about him saying management wanted to see the younger guys play. And maybe they were, it was just like a, you know, a decision that, okay, let these guys play and, and develop and you just sit on the bench and maybe it, it was just coincidental. But um, yeah, I'm not too sure. Uh, I know Adam, I think you have a more stronger opinion about leaving or staying. Yeah, uh, I think Kyle Lowry, I think without him, I, I think the team's just not the team. Um, I think if they were, were like, were to trade him, honestly think uh, the time was, uh, this season. Um, but since they didn't do that and Masai didn't pull the trigger there, I think you have to keep him. I think he just brings so much value to the team and he's undervalued by a lot of other teams and they won't give you the same value back in return. So I do think you have to keep him now moving forward. All right. Um, this is like a follow-up question. If he were to leave, who do you think will step up as the new leader of this team? And maybe who do you want to be the new leader? I don't know if you think those are two different answers that you have there or the same. But who do you think will be the new leader and who do you want? Obviously, I would say Pascal should like more step up and be more vocal in his role because, you know, he's the team star. And, and then, you know, also his partner in crime and Fred Van Vliet. That that duo. So you you would like to see that um, that dynamic duo, Freddie and Pascal, kind of be more vocal. If Kyle was to leave, okay, I think that's fair. I think those are the two guys that probably do the stepping up. I think OG will try to improve his role as well, seeing that those three are kind of the core. Um, but yeah, I think Fred and Pascal will both try to step up, uh, kind of in like a partnership of roles, as you said. Okay, moving on to our next one. Um, the big man situation. Do you like what we have, really, with Boucher, Birch, and Gillespie? Or do we, we need more, like, reinforcements in this offseason? Well, I, I think the center spot as of now probably may have been fixed because, you know, Ken Birch has um, came in. He's shown that he can um, contribute. He can fill in those gaps we were um, missing for most of the season. And then, you know, you've seen um, Chris Boucher. Um, take that next step forward to uh, improving his game. The thing that I see is that, um, you know, Ken Birch, uh, he's, he's 28 years old, right? So he isn't as, um, young as you think. He's 20, he's like around 28, um, 27, something like that. So, you know, I, I do think that maybe you can try to find a younger center in free agency. Yeah. But I do, I do like the big man rotation we have as of now. Okay, I like that answer. And uh, for me, honestly, I think we do need a little bit of uh, a reinforcement. I think Birch is great. I think Gillespie, if we're wanting to contend, I don't think he could be the backup center. But if we are just looking to develop, I totally think uh, he is fine. And Boucher, I would like to see him at the four. Um, Any players you would want us to draft um, in in this year's draft? We were to hypothetically that one, two, or three pick. You know, obviously, I would want to draft Evan Mobley, uh, a great center. Yeah. But apart from that, uh, I can't really think of anybody else, um, really, who I would say um, management should draft. Okay. I feel like the top five guys are more standout guys for me. 
as well. So the the hope was, you know, we were stuck in that position where we weren't tanking and we weren't making the playoffs, and it was always a crappy position that me and Adam talked about on the pod. So like now I'm hoping maybe if we can get lucky in the lottery to slide up a little bit, maybe take fourth or fifth, like that'd be uh, incredible. Because right now we're kind of in that weird position where uh, it looks like we're going to get like maybe Moses Moody is like one of the options, maybe Scotty Barnes. So I don't know. We'll see kind of how the draft goes, but I hope hopefully we can slide up. Okay. And uh, prediction for our standings next year in the regular season and in the postseason, if you do think we make it. Well, um, this season, I actually had the team make the playoffs, right? You know, they weren't, they weren't expected to be as strong as they were previous season, but, um, you know, I, I see, I see them next season probably be, you know, one of those lower seeded playoff teams. I don't see us being, you know, all the way up on, on the top of the standings. I see us more towards that, those bottom four seeds, right? Um, okay. And if I were to give you a good win total, uh, you know, at most I would see us win probably like around that 45, 47 range. Okay. That's if we're, that's if we're continuing with uh, a roster that's um, similar to as of now. Okay. And do you have a favorite uh, favorite Raptors moment, maybe in-game going to a game or just a favorite Raptors moment in general? My, um, my favorite Raptors moment ever was, um, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm – Pretty sure you could probably guess this game seven, 2019 Eastern Conference semifinals. Kawhi, Kawhi's um a shot heard around the world. I remember the moment um about what happened, where I was, what I did, because I, I was watching the game in my living room, and um I, you know I, I was I was sitting there patiently like waiting, waiting, waiting to see if the shot was gonna go in, and then like you know after that final bounce and it went into the basket. I remember, I remember jumping off the couch and like jump, leaping right over the table. <laughs> yep, I love that. I, I got I have to drop it, Adam. You don't have to do it. I was, I was actually at that game courtside, and that was by far the greatest moment I've ever witnessed in, in sports history. Yeah, if you actually look close enough back on that shot, you could actually see Gabe and a bunch of our other friends in the bottom left corner jumping yep. up as the shot go in, shots go in. So pretty sick. All right, uh, that's pretty much it, guys, on the uh, questions. Obviously, want to thank Ashen again, once again, for coming on and being our first guest. Uh, anything you want to say, and you want to plug your Instagram or anything like that? Uh, sure. Yeah, you know, go ahead, follow me on my Instagram, uh, call.me.ash underscore in. Um, you know, this was a great time being on this podcast with you guys, talking about the Raptors, about basketball. Um, and I wish the best of luck to um, all of you. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been great having you. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed. Please like and subscribe. Check us out on Instagram at Rapsville. DM us if you want to be a part of one of these episodes. We hope you enjoyed kind of the setup with the guest. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's us signing out. Peace. People don't really understand how obsessed I am with winning. It's not I don't care about anything else.